G'day friends, it's Stacey Morgan here. If you're a busy businesswoman juggling your own journey of entrepreneurship, and if you're a fan of Regold's Dance Life podcast, then I know you'll love my podcast, How to Run a Successful Business and Still Have a Life. We release episodes every week on a Wednesday morning. Listen and subscribe now on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast for dance teachers and dance studio owners who have a passion for the art of dance. Hello, welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast. My name is Stacey Morgan, and today, Ree's going to have a rant. How are you, Ree? A rant. We haven't done this in a while. We used to have a segment called Ree's Rant, where I would call you and say, What's ticking you off this week, Ree? And then we would just go and record the podcast episode. So I thought it could be fun if we bring back Ree's rant. Are you feeling particularly feisty? I guess I am. I'm ready to go on a rant anytime. <laughs> Let's give it a anytime. shot. Anytime. <laughs> I feel like I do have strong opinions on certain topics. Sometimes I have to just be the person who stays quiet because I feel like uh, my opinions are too strong, maybe, or whatever. I do like to listen to other perspectives. But today, so what, what but are today, we going to talk you about? Can just, what, you could just rant. Well, firstly, today's episode is brought to you by Soul the fabulous conference happening in Las Vegas straight after the Dance Life Teacher Conference. If you are a dance teacher who has little ones that need to be inspired, and when I say little ones, it's for ages nine and up. If you have students that would love to be surrounded by other students who have a passion for dance and who absolutely love what they do and love learning and getting in a classroom with lots of other people and having new teachers and new um, people around them, then you've got to get them to Seoul. And Las Vegas, what a better place to do that. If you want to find out more about Seoul. You can find out more at regold.com. There's a Seoul tab at the top of the page. This is what I'd like to say to our listeners about Seoul. Seoul is a non-competitive event. No children will be wearing numbers. No children will be compared to each other. There will be classes for dancers who'd like to be a dance teacher. There will be classes for those who are assistant or apprentice teachers. There will be workshops with colleges and universities who talk to us about options and that kids and the parents can take those sessions. It's a unique event for dancers who are passionate and it's all about the joy of dance and appreciating dance. And I will add one more thing. Last year was the first year we said, let's do workshops for the parents. And yes, some of them are movement. And some of them are hanging out with a child psychologist on how to raise an artist. Mm. Um, the part of this that I felt that made the biggest difference was hanging out with those parents during this week and seeing their perception of a child being successful in dance evolving and changing beautiful it wasn't about how awesome or the how many awards their child won 
that there was more to this process. That's what makes me so proud about Soul. All of you who are listening, who have said, wow, I'd like to find something where my kids aren't competing against each other. This is it. This is it. I love it. Which Thanks for us... giving me the chance to talk about it. Oh, Go ahead. Of course. Uh, this brings us to exactly what I thought you would feel like ranting about. I feel like at the moment there's this hyper, and I'm talking about across our dance studios, um, within our competitors and at competitions as well, but also for us um, running our businesses, there seems to be this comparisonitis, this um, need <laughs> to compare what we're doing, where we're at in our journey with where everybody else is at in their journey. And I don't, I, I don't think competitions help this. I think they, they, they kind of feed that, you know, that uh, – everyone wearing a number, the award process, the triple high gold, high platinum, what do you call it? Jubilee, something around. I call it steroid, a high platinum steroid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I know as a business owner, I'm guilty of that sometimes. And you were one of the first people, Re, that said um, you can't look sideways when you're a business owner. You've got to keep looking ahead. And any time that you're spending looking at your competitors' marketing or looking at what they're doing or watching their routines online is time that could be spent growing your own business and working on your own business and yourself. And so you don't want to spend that time. You don't want to waste that time. And that has stuck with me. And that was, you said that to me in 2010, a little while ago. And a little I, while ago. I think that post-COVID, there's been this rush of, we've got to get back to where we were and we've got to get this and I'm doing this and what's everyone else doing? And I just feel like the comparisonitis is um, on steroids, <laughs> to use your term. Thoughts? I look at it like this. Dance is it, each one of us has a personality behind the dance that we create. People are attracted to the product we offer because of the vibe that they feel. When you start losing who you are, and trying to be like others, you are you are hurting yourself because you're not going to be as good at mm. who you're emulating. If you could stop looking around, and I, I know I used to say wear blinders, like you know the blinders they put on a horse, yeah, so they can't look left or right, yeah. I've been criticized for that because um, you do need to know what's going on out there around you. So I'll, I'll compromise and say, yes, I do want to know what's going on around me. But I want to create my own unique thing. I want to look for what they're not doing and do that. I don't want to look for, oh, she's running a contemporary tumbling class. So now I need a contemporary tumbling class because I need to keep up with her. Mm. If contemporary tumbling isn't what you're good at, then you shouldn't offer it. Mm -hmm. But what can you offer 
if you feel like you need to step it up, that is your thing that you bring to your community, not something foreign that's coming out of someone else's experience. Mm -hmm. Did I answer the question? Yeah. And uh, I, I'm guilty of that as well. And, and not describe just, that in what way? Well, because I, I love bright, new, shiny objects, Ray. I love brand new ideas. You're the same. We have a great idea and we want to do it yesterday. Like it has to mm. happen immediately. Let's go. Let's do the contemporary tumbling class. Let's go. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> Rolling and then tumbling. Why not? Um, and I, in previous years, have been guilty of just, you know, seeing something or learning something new and then going, yes, we're going to do it immediately. It starts on Tuesday. Have I got a teacher? Have I got a room? Yep. Okay. Off we go. And those things never have longevity. What does have longevity is my musical theatre class because I'm obsessed with musical theatre and I love shows and I love bringing that into my classroom. And so that's been a class that started when the day that I started the studio and it's still one of the most popular classes that we have. And that's because it's part of me. And so I lose focus sometimes on thinking, what should I be doing? Where, where, where should I be going? What And not thinking exactly what you said. What are we good at? What can we continue to do? What can we lean into? And I think if we were to lean in more to the things that make us unique, we would attract more students and we wouldn't necessarily be worrying so much about filling those classes because we know what we're good at. And if we really lean into that. So I'm, as, I'm, as I'm talking, I'm kind of making no, mental notes in my head because that musical theatre class of mine, I, I never promote I would be spending a lot of time and money promoting my new contemporary tumbling class if that was the bright new idea I had tomorrow, but I'll have a different idea on Friday. So I'll be <laughs> like promoting whatever that idea is. Yet maybe I should be spending more t time reminding people of how great musical theatre is and how great we are at what we do that's just us, that's unique to us. And let's keep on that example. I'm that, I'm you now. Okay. And I have successful musical theater classes whereas other schools around me have successful contemporary program or successful tap program if i decided that i my vibe and what i'm the best at and what i'm getting the best response to is musical theater I look at that and I say, that's the beginning of its own huge, enormous business. Here's a couple things. Musical theater is popular, so maybe I should be doing a show in December and I should be doing a show in April that are musical theater shows or a Broadway production. And I should be adding more classes and trying to bring in boys and and acting and voice and now i am so different mm. maybe we don't even compete we put our musicals we perform i'm so different than the studio up the street and i'm doing what i'm so good at that I'm laughing all the way to the bank watching this other person who's trying to keep up with the other person. Mm -hmm. 
yet I'm doing exactly what it is that I love. My faculty is good at this. I keep expanding this to make it better and better. And that's my niche. Yep. Is there anything wrong with that? No, it sounds fantastic. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not asking you alone. I'm asking the listeners uh, as well. Like, why do we have to be good at what someone else is? Mm. And, and do we judge ourselves as being inferior or do we feel insecure because we're not good at that thing? Yet we're good at this, and we're not worried about whether they'd feel insecure doing this. Yeah, absolutely. It's an, it's an interesting concept. And in our, our field, business ownership and dance education for teachers, but definitely business ownership, it's evolved so much much in the last few years that I feel like people are overwhelmed trying like to get the next you'll see an ad that says get 50 students in 90 days and mm -hmm. they jump on it I always look and I go no decide what you're really good at and run in that direction and you'll gain not 50 you'll gain 100 yeah Nobody else's solution, I can't say nobody, I don't want to say that. The majority of other solutions out there to enrollment numbers, it's a certain personality that that, that concept worked on a certain kind of school that that concept worked on a certain kind of demographic that that concept worked on. What is it? that you have in your demographic that works for you and to hear this feels instinctually right to you. Mm. I think we got off a little on that rant. I, I can't remember what your original question was. <laughs> I like the idea of, of leaning into to what we have and what we know because if we're – and we'll go back to the musical theatre example. If we're leaning into that musical theatre and we're offering voice and we're offering acting, we're putting on productions, we're going to attract people who are going to love that and be part of that. If we're just looking for 50 new students who are coming to try anything and everything that we have to offer, they might stick with us for a little while and then they might go and play soccer or they might be with us for one season and then and then disappear and go and try something, something new. Whereas if we find a, an eight-year-old that loves to sing and all of a sudden discovers what a musical is and we're doing a production every year, they're not going anywhere. They're going to stick, no, like no, they're gonna stick with us and re-audition and one day be the star. And that's the, that's the greatest, that's the greatest lesson. Actually a little humble brag for a moment. As we're talking, I'm just thinking about one of my um, graduating students. He's coming to town in a touring production. He's like 26 now. And he joined me the very first year that I opened the studio. He had no dance training. He was 15 at the time, just liked drama at school. And his mum rang me and said, do you offer drama? I said, no, but my musical theatre class is very dramatic. <laughs> so please come along. He mm. came to that class with no dance training whatsoever 
he wasn't the only boy. We had other boys, which was great because he made new friends. But he became so obsessed with musicals that he used to watch the Tony clips on YouTube and learn the routines. He, I never will forget the day he came to the studio and he'd learnt the whole of um, Seize the Day from Newsies and he showed me the whole thing. And he, Because he had no dance training, it was a hot mess, but he was so excited and he just tried all these steps that he didn't know how to do, but he was trying his best. He went on to graduate. He went to the, the best college for musical theatre in Australia. He's a working professional actor. He's won awards. And now he's coming home to my town on this touring production that he's doing. He's going to be here in two weeks' time. And if I hadn't – I copped a lot of flack in the early days of my um, studio because I used to schedule musical theatre in prime time. Like right first thing after school would be musical theatre and my other teachers who were more experienced than me – would say, no, that's where ballet needs to go. Kids need to come straight in and do ballet because ballet's up first. And I would say, no, I'm excited. Let's, I want to go. I want to fill this musical theatre class. And that's how Sam came into the class. Um, and so if I had listened to that advice and lean, lent into the things that I wasn't as passionate about, perhaps he would never have come our way and mm. I wouldn't have this story to tell. So your rant, Re, made me rethink but I think I've lost. I think I've lost a bit of that passion, and I, now I'd need to lean back into that musical theatre and that love I have for it, and perhaps ramp that up a little bit more in my studio. So I'm taking notes as you're talking. It's <laughs> it's, it's interesting because I will talk to studio owners, and they'll say, "Ooh, I, I my registration is good, but I have so many babies." And I think to myself, but but that's your future. Brilliant. How cool is it that you have so many babies? Go now and be the best damn baby teacher that you can be. Don't wish you had older kids, more advanced kids, because you have a future that is bright and if every year you can have that many little ones mm-hmm. join your school there's going to come a time in six seven years where you're not going to be able to take any more students bring it on and yes you want the advanced ones or you want maybe somebody who comes from another school because that strokes your ego in reality Build them yourself from the ground up. Because wait, I'll just make a little, this is a rant. That person who came to you from the other school was not loyal to her school. And she's probably in a year or two going to find fault with you and create other parents in your lobby area who develop her attitude. Mm-hmm. So is it as glorious to get that student from somewhere else as it is 10 new babies? In my mind, no. Mm-hmm. And that's about ego. And wait, because we're artists, we're dancers, we were kind of brought up in a classroom where we wanted to be the best. It was even like, that's what you work towards. That's what we tend to believe is success. So me having advanced kids that come to me from other places, that feeds that success feeling. 
But I can't tell you how many teachers I know are studio owners who maybe they've left another school or opened on another school that they pulled all the kids from. After two or three years, they have all the advanced kids. They have no little kids or haven't trained anybody. Mm -hmm. So now they have no business. And you're over so, there thriving with your hundred babies who are yes. now who are nice who are now seven and eight year olds who are starting to do all the classes and bring in all the income and you've got a hundred more babies coming in the door after them. And and they grow up in your vibe is the best way, the word that I use to describe it. So they're used to you. They've they support you, they understand you. That's that's what we want to build in our business. Loyal people, people who feel like what we're doing has changed their kids' lives or their families' lives. Not not winning by taking other people's students. Well, that wasn't where we were supposed no. to go. This is like a been a, a triple rant. <laughs> Three for the price of one. Well, wait, I, I want to tell this story. Re, I'll do it as fast as I can. At the retreat center one year, uh, I'm going to say it was like an August retreat, which in the state means, in the states, that means we're into a registration mode, yeah. okay? So I walked out on the front porch of the retreat center, and this girl had her phone. She's a teacher studio owner, had her phone on speaker, and she's talking to somebody from the studio. I, I'm assuming it was an office manager or somebody like that. And the office manager said, we got 21 registrations today. And like I heard that, and I'm like smiling at her and everything. Her next question, and I didn't let it go when they, we got back in the room, I brought it up, was how many did we get from so-and-so? Oh, I bet you. <laughs> I can imagine your reaction. And I'm like, ooh, <laughs> all I'd be saying is 21 new st students, let's call them a grand each, $1,000 a year. We made 21 grand today. But it even meant more to her if she got those students from someone else. Mm. And, Why then, do you think and then you got back into the room and shared some I, wisdom. I said some wisdom. She knew. You didn't let her have it, did you? No, I didn't. <laughs> I went in and talked about the value of every student that we get and recognizing that and appreciating that. And I also went into a talk about what, how difficult it can be. I realize there are exceptions. How difficult it can be to take in an advanced student who has trained at another school for the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. And what does it mean that that parent didn't trust that original teacher? Or what was it that that parent said or did in the studio that caused her not to be like, that caused her not to feel comfortable? Will that come to you?
And do you have time for that on top of everything else that you have on your plate? Because those 21 kids who were starting out and didn't come from anywhere other than just because they wanted to dance, you're not going to have any stress from that. No, you're going to give them a good experience. They're going to have a good time. Those parents are going to go home raving. They have no one to compare to. Oh, look, we came back full circle. We did. We we pulled this off. We kept ourselves <laughs> on track. I thought we were going to talk competition. I didn't realize we were going to go in this area. This is competition, though, if you it think is. about it. Yeah. And can I just say, Ree, for those those kids – that you do bring in from other studios, I, I can count on one hand the amount of times that it's worked out with the dream scenario. They come from somewhere else. They they click with your values. They get they get it. They pay their money. They're happy, and they go on to graduate and 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 rave about you. I I have countless <laughs> stories of the drama that it's caused and the you know, that they've left two years later and they've left in a blaze of glory. Like, it just, you're exactly right. And and my experience has shown that. It was a period of time, it was only two years after my mother passed away that I took over her studio. And I remember this girl. And so at the time I ran dance competitions. So I knew the studios and the dancers, really all over the country, but particularly in the New England area. And this mom called me up and wanted to bring her junior, 11th grade dancer to our school. But I also knew the school that she came from and the teacher. And I said to the mom, do you realize that she's going to walk into a place, not know anyone? She's probably going to not have the solos that I've seen her do. Wouldn't she be better off staying where she is and graduating from the studio that she's grown up at? And the mother was just so shocked that I didn't say, oh, I'd love to have her. Bring her in on Tuesday. Yeah. And she ended up staying with that school. Now, I could have got another, I don't know what the tuition was at the time for the intensive program, another couple hundred dollars a month. But even, and hear this. I felt uncomfortable because I liked the teacher. Yeah. Like, like, I don't want to hurt that teacher. Yeah. When I take this child and I put her out in my, on stage and my numbers are going to know where she came from. Mm-hmm. So that's my attitude towards this whole thing. Yeah. Now it's different if, if, if. You're somebody moving into the area, grew up dancing, or there's something wrong in the situation you come from, therefore you have to leave. I get all those things. But the studio hopper type of kid 
is really what I'm talking about at this point. And you know, when a kid says, oh, she took from Mary Jane from the time she was three to six, and she took from Susie from the time she was seven to nine, and then we brought her to so-and-so when she was 10, and now we're here. That is like telling you right red now. Flag, red flag, red flag. Yeah, sorry. Our classes are full. We would have loved to have taken it. Really loved to have, but we can't. Sorry about that. Because they're not going to tell you when they've been dismissed from another place, right? When they've been kicked out. they're not. That's not how they're opening the conversation. <laughs> so I often like to call. I like to have a good relationship with the other teachers in the area so I can call and say, so-and-so called me today. Anything I need to know? And I like when, when I've got a student that's going, leaving me and going somewhere else, I love to call the teacher and say, buckle up. Heads up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is also, we could reverse this whole scenario and say, don't get so upset when you lose a kid, especially the one that was a pain in the butt. And they go up the street laugh because you know what that new teacher is going to have to deal Mm -hmm. with. And when when you walk in and that student is gone, you're going to notice the parents all kind of smile and look at you and say, boy, I wish she left a year ago. Yes. How many times has that happened? Well, thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you so much. You know, they just like, they look at you and they say, thank you. (laughs) And you go, what for? And they go, you know. <laughs> well, I've seen it. You know. I actually experienced it myself, asking a parent to leave. Not because I didn't like the child, but the parent could not stop herself from creating controversy. Yep. And asking them to leave, and mom's coming up to me and saying, she's been bad-mouthing you for two years. I've mm. been waiting for you to do something. Mm. Yeah. Then you realize how stupid you were mm. for putting up with it. People wondering about you, and you're not standing up for yourself. Yeah. And you're the leader, so they're looking to you to step up. That's a whole other podcast episode. All right, we got, we just came up with the next podcast theme. <laughs> We're on a roll today. Beautiful. Today's episode has been brought to you by Soul. I hope that your gorgeous students and not ones that you've lost to other people, <laughs> I hope that your gorgeous students do come along to Soul in Las Vegas in uh, July, uh, August. Soul is in August. We'll be there for the Dance Life Teacher Conference um, in July and then heading into August. I cannot wait. Re, if people want to register for Soul, they head to regold.com look for the soul tab at the top of the page and thank you for listening everybody and enjoy this journey thank you for joining us for regold's dance life podcast learn more about joining the international dance entrepreneurs association the dance life teacher conference and the dance life retreat center at regold.com or follow Regold's Dance Life on Facebook. Enjoy the journey. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 